Hi, this is Pastor Rick. Welcome to On Demand. I'm such an On Demand fan because you put the Word of God in your hand, get it when you want to. And today's big word is prepared. So the question is, why aren't you prepared for your world? Okay, you know you're going to have kids. So are you prepared to raise kids? Are you prepared to have a business? Are you prepared financially? Why are these bills surprising you? I want to talk to you about all that good stuff, being prepared and why you are not prepared and who should have prepared you. Good stuff today. You don't want to miss it. I am so excited, and I want you to get your Bible open. It's going to be good, my friend. Put on the whole armor of God, he told them. So stay right there. Be back to pray for you at the end of the message. Enjoy. Well, glad you're back. I want to talk to you today about one big word today. One word. The word is preparation. And I want you to think with me about this one question. Ready? Why aren't you prepared for your life? What is it that stopped you from being ready to deal with your children, your job, your finances? Big word. We'll have a whole series on that this year. Uh, your emotional issues. Why aren't you prepared? You got married. You came down now. You got all dressed up. But you were not prepared for marriage. You were not prepared to deal with any man on a daily basis. You were, you know, as a single person, it's easy. You know, you jump into bed, you hug and kiss and all that stuff. And you say, oh, I love you. And then you have the wedding. But you weren't prepared to talk, negotiate, surrender, communicate, share money, talk through issues, raise children, none of that. And the question is why? I believe that there are three places that you are to be prepared for things. And I'm going to talk about those in a minute. But I want to read a text to you first. Ephesians chapter 6, where we started in our study of the whole armor of God. Here's what Paul said. This is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Now, if you didn't hear that, let me <clears throat> clear my throat for you and say it again. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with the truth, with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, be totally committed, let's put on the whole armor, be truthful, be transparent, and do what's right, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Be that, he said, that's how you have to live your life. Then he goes on and says, and make sure your feet are shod, are, 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 are ready with the gospel, that there's a sense of readiness. He says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So the point is, I want you to be a prepared, a ready person. Ready for life, ready to deal with it. The gospel of peace prepares you, gives you the equipment so that you're ready to go when it's time. So Paul's looking at this Roman soldier. He's in prison and he's trying to paint this image, right? In Ephesians, he says in chapter 6, verse 10, he says, you got to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Then he says, you got to make sure you have on the whole armor. you got to be totally committed. Then he says, you have to make sure that you are a truthful person. You're girded about with truth. Then he says, you have to have on the breastplate of righteousness. you got to be committed to do what's right. Then he says, you've got to be a ready person, a prepared person. And so I want to just park there for just a minute. And I'm going to talk about the three, the three groups of people that prepare you. Because I think it's really important for you to think about why you're not prepared. Because some of you would admit you just weren't prepared. You weren't prepared for a lot of things that happened in your life. You know, when I first started pastoring, I wanted the church to grow really big, fast. And it shrunk <laughs> by about 50 percent. It was kind of amazing. Um, it was only 45 people then. You know, it was just before you know it, 
few of them left. And then, you know, it grew, of course, eventually, but I was not prepared for what I was praying for. And that's true for a lot of us. Some of you are asking God to do things. And he says, oh, I can't do that for you. There's no way in the world I can give you that kind of money. There's no way in the world I can give you that kind of job. You're too lazy. You're too undisciplined. You're 10 books away, 50 books away from that opportunity. There's no way. The question that I want you to think about is, am I prepared for what I'm praying for? Is it wise for God to even give me a husband right now or a wife or give me a business? Is it, is it smart? Based on your current, look at the room you're sleeping in. Based on this room, should God give me a cleaning business? A thought. I mean, if you just look at your life, go sit in your car and sit in there and say, okay, I'm praying for God to give me a car cleaning business. I want you to look around your car. I want you to see, you know, you got French fries from last week that you kind of, you know, snack on down there in the back seat. Does that, does that somehow uh, evidence that God should give you that? Look at how you manage money. Look at how you manage your attitude. Should you have staff working for you and you're as grumpy as you are? I mean, there's something about having that moment where you sit down and say, I, I was unprepared. One of the things that I experienced, um, I, I tease uh, my co-writer who wrote with me, Deborah Pagay, we wrote a book called Why Smart People Make Dumb Choices. And we have a number of new book projects that I'm working on right now. But what's interesting is um, Deborah's smart. Oh, God, she's so good. And if she's watching this, she's going to say, stop it, Temple. But I'm not. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in charge of this moment, so I'm going to keep talking. Deborah Piquet is one of the smartest people. By her books, she has written million-dollar seller, great books, um, just amazing. Deborah Piquet. Put her name up, guys. I want you to put her name up because she's famous. She's amazing. Okay? She was the first person I wrote a book with. Now, I've published some private books, but she was my first nationally published book. And we partnered together. She was brilliant. But what's amazing is she coached me along. She was more prepared. And I tease her how I've gone back and gotten several degrees since then to, to be ready to do what I'm about to start doing here, writing some more books. But what's powerful is you, when you work with a smart person, you see the way they organize, the way they think, the way they structure things. Preparation's important. I'm preparing now for things I want to do in the future. There's a whole no host of new things I'm working on in projects, but it took preparation, and it takes years. It's not something you do in a month or two months. Sometimes it takes five or ten years. It may take you a while. The question is, why aren't you prepared? How do you get prepared? Those are the questions I want you to think about. So let me give you the three people that I think are involved in your preparation. You ready? Three groups. Ready? First is your parents. It's the people that raised you, your mom and your dad. In my case, I was raised by a single parent. My mom, Laura Temple, and she was the person who prepared me. She invested, she spent time, a lot of time, pre pre preparation. And with her, preparation was really a, a very methodical process. It was, let me teach you how to wash clothes in the sink. We used to wash clothes in the sink because we, we had a washer, uh, not a dryer. And sometimes, I guess, the washer didn't work. And most of the time, we had to go to the wash, wash the, the laundromat. I want to call it the washeteria. That, that's old talk, right? But the laundromat, you know, get the little buggy, roll it down the street, and take all the clothes, wash them, dry them, and bring them home. So for her, though, it was really important that I knew how to do it. That was important from heating up the food. She made me do everything, make up my own bed. You had to get, make the bed. By the time you got out, you couldn't leave a bed unmade in the house. That was a sin. And there were just, it was a big, it was, everything was a lesson. How do you catch the bus? Uh, what number of bus do you catch home? 
Um, always have a quarter or a dime in your pocket. That was a big thing. Always have, always have money in your pocket because you never know when you need to call home. Um, make sure that you look both ways before you cross. Respect the street, respect cars. Um, she was always big on teaching because in her mind, she used to always say this to me, nobody's going to take care of you. You need to be prepared to take care of yourself. You need to be prepared. You know, don't, she used to always say, don't live in the circle. Don't, don't be like people who would get paid on Friday, be broke on Monday. Don't live in the circle. There was this constant commitment to teach, 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 teach. If I fail, she said, get up. If I fail, she tried to get up, get up, try again. It is the job of parents. One of the things that's happening is parents are abandoning that job. And I want, I want to show you a verse that, that will probably help you see that. And it's a great verse. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Bring your children up in the admonition of the Lord. Your job, Ephesians 6 and 4, is to bring your children up. Your job is to train them. Your job is to teach them. It is your job. And I think it's really important for you to see that. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. You're to raise your children, teach your children, and that's your job as a parent. And I think a lot of times if we're not careful, we think our main job is to provide for them, not to teach them. So you're not just a provider, you're a guider. And in many ways, what you're seeing in our culture is a res result of bad preparation, bad guidance, a lack of, in in lack of investment, too much empowerment without accountability. The children are grown by the time they're six, seven, eight, nine. They, they have all autonomy and power. They have a, a phone. They can talk. I'm not against any of that. I believe in technology and I believe in empowering kids. I really do. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not against them having a phone. I'm simply saying, if you're, going to give them, if you're going to give them this privilege, then you have to give them some accountability, and you have to also give some guidance, and you have to also supervise, and you have to be present. You cannot be effective if you're not present. One of the reasons why, if I can sidestep a little bit here for a minute, get off just a little bit. When I look at what's happened in the world, and I look at the way the church has interacted with the issues in the world, I think we didn't prepare church people's thinking for a new world. We didn't prepare them to be different. I talked about this last week and the week before. But there's a temptation, if you're, not, if you're not careful, to think that you, as the parent, have no responsibility for what happens in your house. Your children, if they're running amok, you had a part, and I said this last week, there's a part you play in preparing them. So that's the first thing. Paul said you got to be prepared. It's all about preparing, ready to go. Shoes on. So it's the parent's responsibility. Second responsibility is, I believe, is uh, I have it listed as the pastor and the church. And I, I'm going to leave it there. But I almost want to invert that because the third one is going to be you, you're responsible. So let's talk about the pastor and, and your spiritual leaders. Ephesians 4:11, verse uh, 4 and 11 to verse 12. One of my favorite verses in the Bible because it just says a lot about preparation. Here's what he says. For he, for, for he was, um, he, he, gave, he gave some, I can read this on a good day, he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. To prepare God's people, notice this, he gave some to be prophets, he gave some to be evangelists, he gave some to be pastors and teachers to prepare for the purpose of preparing, you see, God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Please note that the bottom line of what he says is, the reason he appointed me, the reason I have a job is to prepare you. I am a trainer. I am not the center of attention. 
I never was meant to be the center of attention. I get attention because I'm up here, but it's not about me. It, when teachers understand the classroom is not designed for you, it's for the kids. You're a teacher. You're not the center of the game. And so when you forget, it's about the students. In church, it's not about the man of God. I mean, I have a role I play, but my main job is to equip you for the work of the ministry. The King James says it this way. You know, he gave some of the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints. And in, in the NIV version we're reading today on the screen, it says it says to prepare. And, and that's exactly right. It's 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 my job is to prepare people. So if they're not prepared back to the point I made earlier, then whose fault is that? If they can't make judgments, if they can't make decisions, if they can't decide to protect themselves, if they if they get caught up in political games and run amok and and, and I mean, all of this that we're seeing, a lot of this is a sign of bad coaching. Bad teaching. After all the sermons, after all the stuff we've done, like I said last week, this to me is not God's will. So it's the, it's the parents' job to prepare people. Pastor and leaders have a job. In our community, there's a job. There's a responsibility that leaders, mayors, governors, they have a responsibility to create the right atmosphere, to prepare the right atmosphere. They have to understand the power of their words and the power of what they say. They can't just be flippant in those high positions. If you get to be a, if you get to be a, a city council person, if you get to function in some leadership role, you can't just be your old ghetto self or your old self. You have to learn to say, you know, I have to, I, I have to prepare. I, I'm, I am the pastor of this church. I have to be clear about my responsibility to model a behavior, a way to resolve conflict, a way to deal with issues. Our community has to. This has been a horrible example from the top of our government down. We're not preparing the next generation to lead. We're preparing the next generation to fight. We're teaching them that this is how you resolve issues. You lie, you cheat, you, you elbow to get in position. That's not, that's not helpful. So it's the parent's responsibility. It's the pastor's and leader's responsibility, both in the church and in the community. And guess who else's responsibility it is to make sure you're prepared? You. That's right. This is your life. My mom was good about that. This is your life. This is your life. If you're not careful, you can forget. School is for you. Students is for you. We're trying to help you get an education. I already got one. I already have a job. It's when you forget that this is about you. And you forget, you go to college and forget, this is about you. You don't have forever to be here. This is too expensive. You can't afford to stay here for four years, maybe five on the high side, but you got to get out of here. This is too expensive. And you're going to be paying for this for years when you leave. And so a lot of people forget their responsibility. You want to blame, blame your mama. My daddy is the Well, I am. My mama. Excuse me. Hold on for a minute. Okay. How old are you? I'm not saying they didn't do anything. I'm not saying that your abuse story isn't valid. But at some point, here's what he says. You ready? This is important. <laughs> Boy, this verse. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 17. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position, but grow. 
but grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but grow. I mean, at some point, it's about Ricky looking at his money, looking at his life, looking at his health, looking at his marriage, looking at his children. If I'm not where I need to be, I need to prepare myself for more opportunities. And that's on me. Pause. Think about it. Okay, your parents had a role. Their time's up. The pastor had a role. His time's up. The community people have a role. They, they, none of them stay in office forever. You're the only one left dealing with the consequences and the choices of not being prepared. It's you. And some of you, some of you know I'm telling the truth. It's easy to blame somebody. It's easy to say, oh, boy, they let me down. Oh, boy. Yeah, okay, okay. But at some point, it's your life. Man. Get that. Log that in your heart. It's your body. It's you going, it's you. It's you, it's you, it's you. Your responsibility to take charge of your life. You know, my wife does this all the time. This is, this is a Diane movie, ready? She puts the glasses on and drops it on that nose. And that means I'm looking at the facts here. And, and there are moments when we've had conversations and, <laughs> and she'll say, really, Temple? Really? Rick, now you serious? See, in that moment, she's, she's like, so that's our responsibility? Oh, well, in that case, then. I mean, she, she's big on being clear about what's our responsibility. And are you clear that you can't keep blaming what happened to you and your family and all that stuff on where you are, you're going to have to prepare for a better life. You're going to have to get your shoes moving. You're going to have to stop just accepting this. I know how it feels to struggle. I know how it feels to feel insecure. I fight it every day. I fight off doubting myself. I, I realize that if, and this is, I say this to people, and I want you to hear this. If you can't handle level six in your life issues, level six, why would God give you level nine issues? You're already drowning on level six. You're already drowning with $30,000. You're already drowning with, with no staff people. You don't, you don't even have a staff yet. Just you. You're the only staff person. And you can't get yourself to be on time. Why would he give you nine people to work for you? Why would he help? See, you, you, you disqualify yourself because you're not prepared. When I interview people for jobs, when I talk to people, here's what I'm looking for, preparation. When I, when I, when I, in, in, I want to hire a company to do something for us, my, are they prepared? Are they ready to answer my questions? Can they help me? Can this consultant come in here and make a difference? Do they have the knowledge base to really contribute? 
It's all about being prepared. And I'm telling you, if you're not willing to make the effort to prepare, all your prayers are a waste. Because all God can say is, I can't do that in your life. You're not prepared for that. I mean, you're not willing. You don't want to read anything. You just want to jump up and talk in front of people. You want to preach, but you don't want to prepare. You don't want to prepare your sermons. You want to do them like at the last minute. You, you're not a prepared person. There's no way that I can give you all the things you pray for. So a lot of times your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling because there's no way God can do it because you're already stressed out. You're already upset. You're already mean. You've already lost your way. You can't be trusted with any women. How can God? You, you, you sleep. Lord, have mercy. You're not prepared. You're not safe to be around. Because you, sister or brother, and it's, there's both. People are victims. People are objects. They're, they're, they're opportunities for you. You, 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 you. you get money in your hand and you squander it. You're not prepared for a million dollars. Because a million dollars goes fast. Trust me, it don't, you don't last forever now. 100,000 here and 100,000 there, light bill, roof, something happens, bam, before you know it. Pay some payroll, payroll taxes, disability, insurance, gone. You have to prepare your mind, prepare your attitude. You have to have the right people around you. I'll close with a story, well-known Bible story. Naaman, right, the guy who had leprosy, he was a Syrian soldier in the Bible in the King, Book of Kings. He, had, he was a Syrian, Syrian leader. And Naaman, <laughs> Naaman has leprosy, though. And Naaman wants to get out of this life. He, the Bible never talks about it, but obviously he wanted to be free because with leprosy he had limits. Now, he, was, he had the level of leprosy. He was married, right? He used to be married. But, you know, people see you, they go, ugh, you know, because it just showed them from your skin. It didn't describe all of how his particular leprosy looked. But obviously he could be with people because he was the head guy over the Syrian army. One day, a little Jewish girl that was a slave told his wife, hey, you know, if he lived in Israel, well, there's a guy we have named Elijah. He would heal him. Well, she gets excited, tells Naaman. Naaman goes to Elijah and wants to be made well. So he gets permission from his king. King gives him a letter, sends Naaman down there to Elijah to, quote, heal him. When, when Elijah gets there, when Naaman gets there, Naaman knocks on Elijah's door and a little guy, I love this part of it, st basically sticks his head out the door and says, are you Naaman? Okay, go down to that nasty, dirty Jordan River and dip yourself in there seven times and you'll be made well. And he closes the door. Bam. Doesn't come out, doesn't greet him. Now Naaman's brought all these gifts, he's brought all this stuff, he is prepared and he has in his mind, I'm going to go to the door, knock on the door, and this guy's going to come out. I'm going to offer him all these gifts. He's going to pray for me, say some magic words, heal my leprosy, and I'm going to go home. Healed. That's what he's thinking. But what he's not prepared for is the way God does it. So Naaman is furious, the Bible says. He's furious and he He's stomping and he's upset and I can't believe this guy did not come out. And he's so frustrated. And then there is one guy. He has a team of guys he brought with him. And this is what changed Naaman's life. Now, now follow me. 
When Naaman prepared to, to go on this journey, he made a choice to pick certain people to go with him. The people he chose were key people in this moment when he was angry because they were the ones who said to him, hey, Naaman, calm down. Listen, if he told you to go kill a lion, you would have done it. If he told you to climb a mountain, you would have done it. And so they basically said to him, all he said to do was go dip seven times. Naaman does it, gets healed, goes home well. But it's all because he, in preparing, took the right people with him. You know what's wrong with some of us? We have the wrong crew. Some people would have said, yeah, go in there and get Elijah and kill him. But see, that's not what this crew was about. This crew was rational, reasonable, and helpful. Is your, look around you. Are these people helping you? All these folks helping you? They're helping you. They're helping you drink. They're helping you. Helping you. Rolling around in the sheets with all these people all the way. Is this helping you? Cussing, lying, cheating in business. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know where you are. Maybe you are a good person. Maybe, maybe you're around good people. I hope so. Because if you're going to be prepared, sometimes you have to make sure you take the right people with you on your journey to a better life. Paul looked at that soldier and said, you got to make sure you got your shoes on. You got to make sure you're prepared with the gospel. You need to make sure you're prepared for what you say you want. It's your job. It's not just your pastor's job. It's not just your, your mama's job. Why don't we just stop blaming them for a minute? Let's stop church hopping and looking all around for somebody else to make it better for you. Why don't you just for a moment take personal responsibility for preparing your life for a better future? Let's pray. Father, I pray what we've talked about is lifting. I pray that it lifts their hearts and minds and focuses their attention. Helps us all to step back and look at our life and make an assessment. It's like those guys advised Naaman in that bad moment. And Naaman, calm down and listen to good advice. Help us to listen to good advice. It will prepare us for a better future. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you for this moment. If there's somebody watching us who's never given their lives to Christ, never made that right decision, let this be the moment that they do. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, it's been a joy sharing with you. I'm telling you what, this is a great series. I got to talk more about the mind next time because sometimes stuff is going on in your mind. He said, put on the helmet of salvation. You got to take the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, but you got to make sure you have the helmet of salvation. You got to have faith. You got to have this, you got to have the word, the right message, but you also got to make sure you're thinking right. And faith in the word helps you think right. We'll talk more about that all next week. So I'll see you then. You stay strong. Thank you for being with us. And remember, you stay prepared. See you next time. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you got that down. Now listen, remember that you are responsible to prepare yourself. Your parents are responsible to prepare you. That was their job for a while. Your pastor has some responsibility. So let's get in right. Let's see, the parents first, right? You start at your home. Then there's the pastor who's responsible to help equip you, right? That's what we are here for, to do our part to help prepare you. And then there's your responsibility, you.
you are responsible to grow in grace. It's your job. And so if you haven't been growing right, you might say, well, I've been going to a church. They're not helping me. Well, get you to a better church. Go someplace else. Get around some people that can help you grow spiritually. You might say, my parents didn't do a good job. Okay, well, they did the best they could, and maybe they failed. But you still have you. So I want you to take this message today, apply it to your life. Let's pray. Father, I pray that those who've heard this message would say, I need to get prepared to manage my life, my money, my finances, my issues, because this is my life. This is my responsibility. This is my home. This is my apartment. This is my job, my career, my health, my body. And so I need to get prepared to manage my children, my marriage, and not expect somebody else to do it. It's not the counselor's job. It's not the pastor's job. It's not my parents' job. It's my job because this is my life. And so I pray they would take this message, apply it to their lives, and may they never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being with me today. On Demand is cool. If you liked it, link it and send it to a friend. Share the message. Share the word. Help somebody else. I'll see you next time. We've got more to talk about. You know, one of the things that's often a challenge is the brain, the mind. Next part of the series talks about that. You know, where is your mind? You know, he's to put on the helmet of salvation. What's going on behind those brain cells? A lot of thoughts, right? I'll tell you what the Bible says about that next time we talk. See you then. Have a great day. Bye-bye.